The following audio may contain coarse language and other material that may not be suitable for a younger audience. Viewer discretion is advised. Also, we may spoil anything and everything, so you have been warned. I'm Ben Howard. I'm Peter Dancy. I'm Trevor Flynn. And I'm Jack Newman, and welcome to the Movie Gang Podcast. This week... Uh, what's the Latin term? Per aspera ad astra. We review ad astra, or as I like to always think of it in my head, Brad Pitt in space. Yeah, yeah. I'm joined yeah. here by Trevor, Peter, and Ben. Are you guys excited for this for this uh, IMAX tastic adventure? I really yeah. am. Actually. I, I'm really ready for this. I really enjoyed this movie so much. Space. I like that every year we get a uh, 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 space movie. Space movie. There's like every uh, September, October. It's just here is your space movie. Ever since Gravity, right. I like that. Every yeah. year, it's just there on the dot. What, what, what like, are you talking about? Ever since October Sky? No, I'm just kidding. Oh <laughs> I love October Sky. But unfortunately, there were a few years there where. I, I remember yeah. like it's so interesting because at the beginning of the decade, I was thinking about like. Man, I remember a bunch of like, is sci-fi dead? Like articles from yeah. like, yeah, because like really? you started the yeah, because you started the decade with like you know the biggest sci-fi movie being Transformers, <laughs> like the only oh, sci-fi no. movie that year was like they're, the third Transformers movie, you know. And now it's like now it's just a, a yearly occurrence. You get your your dad. It has space never movie. occurred to me to classify I, ca- uh, Transformers as a science science fiction movie. Technically, is yeah. <laughs> yeah, I technically I. Is. There's a hilarious article that I found way upon a time where I th- apparently there was like a little bit of a superhero dead zone after Spider-Man 3, apparently, uh, for like yeah, a for year. Like, it was, uh, yeah. It, it's How long was weird. it? It's I mean, not, not that really. long I don't because know. the next year was Dark Knight and right. Iron Man. But apparently in that year, there's this article came out that was like, this is the end of superhero movies. They're always doing it. They're always you know, it's doing amazing. it. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, I listen to like a lot of articles and people say shit. And I'm just like, guys, okay, why, why do people say shit like this? Like, I'm not even going to say the musical's dead, even though it totally is. Like, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, uh, yeah, so this week we're going to be reviewing Ad Astra. I'm going to go ahead and get to the summary so we can actually get to actually talking about it, uh, because I'm dying to. 30 years ago, Clifford McBride led a voyage into deep space, but the ship and crew were never heard from again. Now his son, a fearless astronaut, must embark on a daring mission to Neptune to uncover the truth about his missing father and a mysterious power search that threatens the stability of the universe. I have to admit, I like that they're going to Neptune. I don't know why that's like kind of awesome to me. It's so random. Who would think of Neptune? Neptune. Yeah, yeah, but it's also like Neptune. Yeah, we never see Neptune. It has to be like the. It has to be Pluto. It has to be the farthest reaches of space. I think I saw an article that actually the last time we saw Neptune in a sci-fi was like uh, maybe Deep Horizon. Maybe no, I'm I'm fucking never. I can't remember, but somebody has thought about it. Thank Christ it wasn't Uranus. There's just no no awe for Uranus, unfortunately. There's too many jokes. Stupid. It's just this unfortunate name. Poor Uranus. Yeah, poor poor Uranus. If they were going to do Uranus, Uranus, they would have to purposefully the entire movie call it Uranus. And it's like, uh, just don't. Okay, okay, this is a great movie, so let's actually talk about it. Sorry, Just I'm making bad jokes. This is, It was my own fault. Let's start with you, Trevor. You had a genuine emotional experience going into this movie, and, and I have to admit, uh, I... 
I you 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 tend to for me a lot of times to be bellwethers for a lot of different movies or, or my own emotional flash like like backlash like I'll if I really love a space movie or something like that because space can really particularly get me like Interstellar got me even though he has the emotional range of a teaspoon but at the same time like after are the you fact, referring like, to the actor or the character well I'm referring to the director oh okay. um, oh, I love him. He's a very, he's an amazing, he's, he's amazing. He's amazing. He's amazing. I'm not saying he's not amazing. I'm just saying he may also sometimes come off like a cold robotic automaton. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> everybody to each their own, your strengths. His strength is not Batman fighting. That's, that's another weakness of his. I'm just putting it out there. There's, there's a lot of, there's some issues. That's just the strengths of well, now that we've gotten the obligatory Uranus joke and distinct Christopher <laughs> Nolan out of the way. <laughs> Christopher Nolan bashing. Yeah. I, uh, well, he's going to, he's, he's got to come back up. He I is think Inter- come back up, yeah. Interstellar is such a, Interstellar and First Man are just the movies that I just cannot get out of my head in terms of comparing this film to. Word. Um, yes. not for like good reasons also. Uh, but like at the same time, uh, yeah, this was, y- you had an emotional reaction similar to me, which is always like the first step in me coming to love a movie generally because it's like ah batman v you know batman v superman was great and now all of you guys are like no jack you're so fucking wrong so trevor why uh what did you what, what was your so emotional initial I, emotional reaction um just a little bit of context i guess i've never in my life i don't believe ever been to a movie by myself and the one Whoa. time that i decided to do this the movie turns out to be <laughs> the uh, void of space and absence of human connection. <laughs> it's actually kind of perfect. Uh, yeah, this movie got me. Um, you know, there yeah. there's yeah. a lot um, like going that's, along that's that I'm like, um, I'm like I'm hearing the, the the narration and the writing, and it reminds me of City of Z in both good and bad ways. I was really ambivalent on that film at the time, but I, you know, I was interested in this film because of that film made me think a lot, and I appreciated it um, just as that yeah. writer director's work. And um, you know, so there there are times when I was maybe a, maybe a little bit emotionally disengaged through that, um, but by the end of it, it just it just works for me by the end. So I, I don't know. I think there's I, a lot to talk about in this one, both in execution I, and just, it's very thematically complex. There are a lot of readings people are making about this. So, yeah, it's, it's also surprising to me because there's not, I think one of the strengths of the marketing push for this movie, or well, we can argue whether or not it's a good marketing push or not. Cause I'm very interested to see what the response, the, the general uh, movie going response is going to be. And I, I suspect it won't be good to be honest with. I, I let me like box office mojo is a click away before I fucking talk out of my face. Well, this uh, is like uh, City of Z, another critic audience divide, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, this one is, the, the this one is a strong. weird one too because box office wise because it was produced by Fox um but now obviously being released by Disney. Um it was actually on their chart, which is so weird. It's like the weirdness of the Fox Disney merger where like you know, next to like, uh, oh, there'll be Avengers Endgame. And then Ad Astra, like the James Gray space movie uh, is coming out as well, guys. Get hyped. Um, it made $19 million on a $90 million budget. It's not a fantastic opening. For yeah, sure. it just edged out Rambo: Last Blood, which is gonna be cheaper. And got uh, and both no got I legit trounced by Downton Abbey. 
Yeah, that's depressing. I'm sorry. I mean, Who that's the fuck also part watched of the that past Cousin alone. Matthew's death. Like, <laughs> fuck you if you watched Downton Abbey after Cousin Matthew's death. Dude, the show it, was off the rails then. Dude, what do you it, want? it was appointment television for everyone over 50. I don't know anybody over 50 who has not watched that movie. Man, that's that, that fair. Show. That's fair. Everybody, everybody really yeah, just watches it to watch her. Even older and even wider than I already did going to that movie. Please stop. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like I somehow feel less white with Katie's relatives when we watched Downton together. I don't know why. I'm like, this is the whiteness source. Like, I don't know. Sorry. It's my bad. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. So again, this movie is not doing particularly well, but at the same time, I think that it has a visceral emotional reaction to me because it's kind of just, it's weirdly just Brad Pitt kind of it's got this 2001 Space Odyssey element right there, and in terms of like he's just going from place to place, which actually 2001 is totally different because it's actually scene after scene after scene, and it's style is kind of disconnected in a certain sort of way. Mm. But this is just Brad Pitt essentially just journeying off into space and running into elements of like the kind of this dystopian space tastic future, and it's kind of weird. It's like the it's like a positive space movie that's positive and that space is not the answer. <laughs> Space is not the answer. Human connection is the answer. And I walked out of this and I was like, I thought I had a good relationship with my father. <laughs> what? Did it change your mind? No, I'm just kidding. I was just like, that's that's very much the movie, you know. I just, I don't know. It it does it does it does make you think like about. I mean, it's very much a masculine deconstruction. That is one reading you can take right. of the film for for certain. Which and is kind of the same sort of story. First Man was doing maybe, except you have the benefit. Of getting inside Brad Pitt's head with narration, which just totally changes what that what the movie is for the better, I think mostly. Yeah. Um, who who was the guy that played? Was it Ed? Was it Ed Helms and Apollo Thirteen? Ed Harris. Ed Harris, Ed right? Is from the office. I I feel like it's a masculine <laughs> deconstruction of specifically Ed Harris from Apollo Thirteen. <laughs> like I feel like <laughs> I feel like it's very targeted at like this element of like space travel and this like belief in the self and also kind of like this is a future is like space is representative when there's nothing out there. Um, but I we've talked to Pete, we talked to Trevor. I do want to go around and get other takes because I'm looking for a negative take here. I'm fishing for it, but I don't think I might find it, but we'll see. Ben, Ben usually can do me some negative commentary. Oh. Can't you Ben? <laughs> I'm I sorry, usually that's, can, that's... usually can, but no, I, I like this movie quite a bit. It's so much because it is a very divisive movie. I've seen online. I see a lot of people who, who dislike this kind of film, but this is, this is my kind of film. Um, yeah. I, James Gray's made three films this decade, The Immigrant, Lost City of Z, and Ad Astra. Uh, they're the only James Gray films I've seen. I should probably see his first four, because um, I really, really like all three of those films. Uh, I do prefer Lost City of Z. I rewatched it recently, and it, it it may creep into my top 25 of the decade. I, I like it that much. I just I really, really feel enthralled. And, and it's one of those movies that I think about, and I just like remember, and like, God, that's fucking such a good movie and this has a lot of that elements to it i don't know if it all quite holds together for me just narratively but it's one of those things like maybe it just need some time maybe i just need to rewatch it um so i might be a little cooler on it and that i didn't have that emotional thing i saw someone which is, it's a dark thing and i don't mean to say if you like this movie that happened to you but i did like when someone's like man i kind of wish i had issues with my father because i think this would be my favorite movie <laughs> you know, <it's> like, <laughs> um it's how I said, you know, like, I wish I was Jewish because then uh, I think uh, A Serious Man would be my favorite movie of all time. Because, like, yeah, I yeah. feel like I get 80% of that movie, but because I'm not Jewish, I can't get the other 20%. Like, you just have to be raised Jewish to appreciate that 
movie probably. Um, and uh, maybe that's part of what's keeping me at bay, but it's just such a, a narratively fantastic film. The editing in this movie is just excellent. It is just a very weirdly sensuous movie. It's weird. Like there's this and High Life are two space movies that are about like weirdly sensuousness of space. Like how it can be weirdly almost like beautiful and tender in weird ways there's like a lot of like very again just the, the backdrop of neptune is so good because this is this cool blue you know it's this yeah this this yeah. quiet blue and the 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 like you know evil surges are even kind of not that the the, the opening is very gravity-ish but outside of that and, and the even like the moon rover fight that i was like there's gonna be a moon rover fight <laughs> like i was like what is this movie no it's so quiet and weird and yeah out of it's place. like it's all the sound is stripped out. Every impact is kind of strange. The the final thing where they, they blow up the bad guys is like morbid and somber and made me think about like, oh, oh, I guess we're going to fuck up the moon too. Huh? <laughs> like, you know, it just kind of like made me kind of like revel on that in interesting ways. Yeah. It, it's yeah, very it much because the plot is not that complicated. And I think that's why people are going crazy. It, 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 it doesn't follow a mystery box plot. It doesn't get there and like, here's the secret conspiracy. It's like, no. It's pretty much exactly what they thought it would be, and there's some interesting stuff with his dad. But you know, they they figure it out by the end, and it all makes sense. And you know, it just kind of follows A to B to C pretty easily. But it's just the kind of details and the elements and and the performances. I think both Brad Pitt and 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 Tommy Lee Jones give fucking phenomenal performances. And random people will show up for like ten seconds, like. Natasha Leone will show up for a second and you're like, what? <laughs> like Donald Sutherland <laughs> will give a great performance and just die in like <laughs> five minutes. And you're like, how does he get these people? It's very or, interesting. Or, or, or when Ruth Nega showed up. That was, that was yeah, Ruth Nega shows up. I'm like, what the hell? That, 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 was, that was a feature that, that I wasn't expecting because, because, I, because I personally know her from from her character as Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for like for like maybe like a season and a half. And I was right. like, wait, she's in this shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they. Liv they, Tyler uh, doesn't even like talk. She just looks sad the yeah. whole movie. What like, is it with Liv Tyler and being like a waiting wife in the wings, particularly space wife? Like, I imagine <laughs> she wife. must have put up like a fucking album on like Shutterstock at some point. Of her just looking, <laughs> <laughs> people just grab it. The Liv Tyler waiting wife in the wings album. It's perfect. I mean, she looked perfect. very sad in the leftovers too. She, I guess, she got like sad eyes, and now people like you know. Yeah, she she has giant. She, I mean, she. She has like this. She has that stereotypical thing where it's like Amanda Siegfried's the same thing where they make the joke in Ted Two where it's like she has humongous eyes and then right. just they when she emotes at the camera it's like she has she can emote without doing anything else. She's just like eyes and you're just like whoa. There's Speaking so much of, liquid in your face holes. And I can't think of a movie that is less like Armageddon than this. Maybe like in terms of like. <laughs> <laughs> to compare what? to the other film, it's like which is just all noise. This is just like very about there's like a shootout and it's like somber it's very interesting yeah uh, i love their interpretation of space guns too that made me so i don't know why that made me happy yeah like, they, they didn't seem pirates. like they were they didn't seem like Moon they would pirates. puncture a hold which i liked like they seemed like like sonic weapons or something it was interesting yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah no i think i think that's i think i think the whole thing i think i think that's the other thing too is that just like just from like the interpretation of the future of space travel i think that's the thing production does a combination of production design like you're talking about the cool blues and it's just like 
Ad Astra is weirdly like when I've watched the trailer, I was like, "Ugh, it's going to be some sort of, you know, space travel movie. I've seen something similar before. It's actually like its own vision of the future of space travel. And it's also like, yeah, it's, it's both. It's like, it's one of those things too, where it's like, I kind of, you know, it's, 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 I kind of predict that it's like, it's almost like 20,000 leagues under the sea that like, it's going to get so much right. Like Ad Astra, I feel like in this weird sort of way looking forward, like it's one of those movies that I bet kind of gets like future space travel, right. And the fact that we're going to fuck it up, like that's, that's kind of, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, it's not, it's not going to be like super awesome and fantastical and like light speed, uh, light, light, light speed stuff like mass effect or star Trek or star Wars or anything like that. It's going to be very, very plot heavy and just like wear and like wearing on the mind and body in the beginning yeah. before, before, yeah. before it gets better onerous yeah i think that's the other thing too is like yeah it's onerous it's still space is always going to be just a hardship and this and i think that's the element too is like when you get the lady tight i love that we have this lady who's just never been to earth and it's like this tied in element of like the effects of that and like the people born of it and all this other elements but before i get to that i did actually want to stop because we actually haven't heard peter's opinion yet well I, well actually if you'll if you like come back to me if come, if you come back to me in a minute then then I then, then I can speak on it um but just give me give, just give me a second uh, sorry peter peter no, no, peter's no. peter is working hard at 9:30 at night whoever is his boss you need to give this man a raise like he just <laughs> he works his fucking ass off like my ass is out of the office at 5 no it's not i'm actually working i worked it's, to like be, i worked because, i was at work at 4:30 this morning it's, it's <laughs> and because, i worked till 6 days, it's because most days my my, my shift starts at noon so i so so i oh. so, so my so my you son of a bitch so my, i was so over here taking good shit oh. i know but just my, my i just my, my night my nine to five starts like my, just bas- basically starts later in the day so that's really I, I just i just i just i stood up for you peter i know <laughs> yeah. I, I, I wanted to give people the truth though i'm sorry but i'll be right back i'll be right back no worries no worries leave your recording going all right know, anyways yeah, so uh, the uh, yes, I, and I think that's another thing to element. I think that I think one thing that they do good is that they do do a good job that everything is in this movie for a reason outside of that first like explosive elevator sequence because it's obviously for a trailer purposes. <laughs> like, and, and I kind of feel like both of those, but they're also both like kind of like I think that's that gives this sense of a natural disaster happening in space is the space elevator scene followed by like the things we fuck up. It's kind of this weird way it's kind of sporting is sporting is supposed to like take what happens in kind of our planet and contextualize it into space moments and it, and it does this thing is like even though we're in space life is still exactly the same and it's like we can't use space as an excuse to skip out on and disconnect ourselves because it's going to be even easier as we move forward to disconnect ourselves individually from one another yeah, yeah that, i mean yeah go ahead bit it's a very interesting theme, and I think it's one you can you can read personally or grandly, you know, like uh, right, right, right. It, it's very it it it's it interesting because like for how much my dad was like, this movie doesn't look very scientific. I'm not going to watch it. That's how he judges things. Um, <laughs> space related. Um, he it, it actually has a very scientific answer, which is that well, I don't know if it's that case, but. Space is fucking big and lonely and kind of dead, mostly. And it kind of does come to that conclusion to the end of it, which is very interesting that the big reveal is that there is no reveal that that really his dad just... I mean, there's a reveal that his dad went fucking crazy. But, like, uh, other than that, you know, it is 
unbelievable because it's depressing to spend your whole life being like, there must be life out there. Oh, we're, we're all we got, you know, and depending on your view of humanity, that can be very tragic to some. So I think it's, um, yeah, I think, I think there is something very interesting about that ending where it doesn't, you know, this is this theme. It is about this. <laughs> it is more yeah. kind of using a, a, a possible science fact and allowing kind of a more personal journey with it. That's why I really uh, appreciate how this movie is told because it's not quite like an interstellar, which feels more just like, you know, isn't it? Humanity should band together, Christopher Nolan style, go into a wormhole, <laughs> a magic space wormhole. Um, and I know they try to like do like the, they both they both fall into the science magic problem sometimes because space travel is boring and you need a little science magic to get you there. Science well, magic. <laughs> yeah, the conceit of Interstellar that this movie has a, I mean, that makes this a very different movie is that yeah, the Earth is dead. Forget the Earth. Just, just forget about it. You know, this this movie is very much more of its moment in terms of confronting like the Anthropocene crisis and that <laughs> like finding intelligent life wouldn't solve necessarily humanity's problems like we have we don't need like a new magical technology from uh alien civilization we have the technology to solve human problems it's just that there are systems of economics and politics that keep us from resolving those things and late stage capitalism there's applebee's on the moon yeah, yeah. right <laughs> right yeah that i don't know why applebee's was such a brilliant pick for that it's really to good do that i don't know why apple applebee's i was just like in the theater i just had the real i was like applebee's <laughs> like, I was, like it was like it was the worst thing ever when i'm just like i don't hate applebee's that much but in the context of this film i'm like holy fuck <laughs> applebee's i i think it is just like that target of like corporate uh awfulness cynicism yeah yeah like uh, king of california another movie i love it's it's yeah. applebee's that uh michael douglas is monologuing about it's like people want the boring same thing over and over again he pans to an applebee's <laughs> <laughs> right and you always hear like applebee's is being killed by millennials and uh, millennials are always like good good yeah right. and so the idea yeah. that applebee's <laughs> somehow just through sheer force of capitalist will is on the moon is just like of course of course there's an applebee's here too yeah i mean there's there. an applebee's in lubbock that was like the only restaurant close to like where we were staying to set my brother up at texas tech on right. friday night karaoke <laughs> i don't and, know why uh, i get it i get it you know i don't know why but the lubbock texas applebee's is totally where like Neil Gaiman and like American Gods would stage an end of the world fight. That's like yeah. that's yeah. exactly what that the Lubbock yeah. Texas Applebee's. It's just like it's or the like end a, of everything, right? Yeah, it's the Douglas Adams where it's like the world yes, first yes. first started getting wrong when they opened the Lubbock Applebee's. Like you know, it's like there's something weirdly poetic about the Lubbock Applebee's. I agree. I don't know what it is. It's, I think it's, it just it, kind of, it gets to that feeling of when you go all the way to New York City and you're in Times Square and you look and there's a fucking Applebee's and you're like, here? You're like, here? why here? Here? Like, I'm, like, you're like, I'm in Times Square. I don't even, it's one of those things where I, I don't even hate the concept of Olive Garden as much as other people, but the, the, the Olive Garden in Times Square is like where they drop the ball, the base of that building is an Olive Garden. Yeah, and and they rough. and they and, and I, I assume they hide it because you can never fucking see it in pictures. But you go in there and it's an Olive Garden and it's like and it has this sign is like when you're here you're family and I'm like fuck you <laughs> like, like was, I've never had more of a visceral reaction than just being like going into an Olive Garden in Times Square and being like fuck 
you. I'm not even. I'm not even like like I, Trevor is much more like fuck the man than I am. And I and even I was like, okay, guys, come on. <laughs> this is this. I is... mean, yeah. When a corporation makes its slogan something family oriented, Applebee's slogan. I was thinking of this. Used by the way, used to be "There's no place like the neighborhood." They changed it to "See you tomorrow." Uh, recently, but, <laughs> the Applebee's slogan is "The grill and the oven were broken." Fuck you! All we got is a microwave. <laughs> yeah, sorry, yeah. I, I don't know why. That's I mean that's pretty true of a lot of those style restaurants. But I, mean, I don't know. Applebee's is just. I would just when I heard that slogan always picture like the bar at Applebee's. If, like who drinks at the bar at Applebee's? Like that's what I pictured when they said neighborhood. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That. I'm glad and, that and for uh, James Gray's blank check, he we're talking about Applebee's for ten minutes. This is <laughs> prime <laughs> podcasting. I feel like yeah, very yeah. correct. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like those cool people at the Fridays bar, you know. <laughs> hey, I gave my like anthropocene like reading of this yeah, film. You did. And, uh, you did. I condensed it to thirty seconds. And yeah, no you, you've has, said uh, anthropocene come, come three me, times so. in this podcast, so yeah. it's fine. Yeah, I'm not no. gonna fight you on it. I am actually. I will actually say that I don't think that there is a different. I, I, this is the. I, I you know outside of the context of this movie. The, first off, there, I, I I could do a whole podcast on why this movie to me is far more successful than Interstellar. And actually, like a video essay describing the two differences is actually very good. I know it's very clickbaity, and I would never make it myself, but I'm sure someone will do it at some point. Uh, who cares? I'm saying that's that's just it pops to the top of my mind as being the comparison that I want to make. At the same time, I don't think that their messages are actually dissimilar. I just think it's just how they contextualize. Yeah. It's one of those interesting things where it's like how they contextualize the content of the earth. Both movies are saying that, you know, human connection to each other is the end goal, not space itself. But somehow one is contextualizing the earth as the thing that's keeping us down and like our failures of the past versus this is the contextualizing as the failure of looking forward. It's just such a weird thing to say that it's saying the exact same thing, but contextualizing neither is like more wrong or right on the other in terms of the generalized. I resist. Moral one is just a more successful movie. I, I resist that interpretation. Not that I don't think it's like a good one that you could definitely write a whole thing on. But I resist the interpretation that they're saying the same thing in that science and the spirit of exploration in Interstellar has been suppressed as not the answer, but it is the answer. Whereas this, it's just kind of more ambivalent about it. I, I agree that like I don't, I, it I don't, foregrounds I, like. The, I, I think like they go out of their way. But. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but I I think they go out of their way to establish that the science that uh, the crazy dad collected uh, suggests that there's not any life out in space. Like, why is that thrown in there it, it, other than to suggest that? Well, like, they're not searching for artificial intelligence in interstellar they're searching for another home planet that's an important R- but, but my point is the no, same they, sort of thing they're also specifically looking for intelligence that was like his whole they are to try yeah. are they other okay yeah, yeah. i was queasy through that movie that's my excuse yeah that's fair no, it's, it's, I'm not, his I'm whole not, point I'm why not, his dad was so devastated was that he basically realized that the outside of earth the universe is dead like and he is he can't handle that like that there's nothing else but us right. out there because right. probably for the sake that he doesn't really you get a sense he's not a very humanistic guy. <laughs> he right. doesn't really think highly. You know, he never has a long. Speech, you get the but, sense when he says, "Yeah, there was nothing for me on Earth. I never thought about you even once." Right. Yeah, that's, I, when you, I, that's when you get the sense of it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's also the difference. I think Jack between this Interstellar and this, like the biggest difference is Interstellar. Like he travels through the bookshelf to finally get to his daughter. Oh yeah, that's fair. And she's like, that's fair. "I've always thought of you." And he travels across space and 
people die to finally get to his dad and his dad's like i never loved you <laughs> it's like the worst thing he fucking says to him <laughs> such as it's such an emotional spanking i do love i do love this movie so much better i'm saying like they're not saying different things it just it just does the exact opposite thing to make a similar point how about that that's all I'm, I, that's all i'm really saying similar maybe yeah i don't know i'm not ready to let go of the comparison because like also in interstellar there's like the space magic like maybe faith element a little bit and religion is very uh Mm, okay. Well, for, uh, again, again, I'm I'm moving back to that point. The point in Interstellar is that science all the way, science leads the way. And the point here, I think, is also is that the lack, the, his lack of humanism, and is is allows him to fails him to contextualize the science that's at hand. I don't think I don't think this movie shits on science. I don't think Ad Astra at any yeah, point no, in this movie shits on science. It it shits it, it. What it's saying is that like if we if we're not prepared to handle the facts that science brings us. Sure. You know, we will fuck up. And I think that I think I think I think this movie actually bends over backwards a little bit to make that like the fact that they give us the data at the end of the movie. He uh, like I feel like I feel like it's if, if if I was writing that, I'd be like, oh, he lost the data and there was no purpose or point to it. The fact that, you know, they, the scriptwriter went out of the way to give us the data and give us that information and show that the dad did not like follow through on science as I think is the element here. I don't think there's, I don't think yeah. there's a, I don't think the either movie is insulting science. I think either movie is giving science. I just think that both movies is like science and compassion. And I think that's the thing. I think, I think, I think both movies are doing the same thing. I, I still think, I just think one is again, it's not very important because one is infinitely worth rewatching more so than the other. I'm not disagreeing. I'm just, which, I, which I, one are you saying? I just don't think it's as I, I think the big thing I'm saying is that I don't think Ad Astra is as subversive as we want to give it credit for, or you want to give it credit for. I think I think that it's flipped some things elements on its head, but I think at the same time it's still giving an almost identical notion, uh, identical notion of of kind of connectedness and the human humanness of it. It just sort of doesn't. Uh, it sort of makes space beautiful at the same time, but also makes it. Um, you know, I, I, it's just flipping the element of it all a little bit of on its head. I don't think it's like on a moral level, on a perspective level, is kind of different than a lot of the other space movies that we've gotten. I'll tell you one day it's different. Killer monkeys. No, that's fair. Killer that monkeys just, and other that I have to admit films. that one came out. I was like, I was like, oh god, we we're having a mid movie. We're having a mid movie here. That yeah, at all. <laughs> this movie yeah. very much unnerved me, and that part was very strange <laughs> yeah that really part did to... come out of nowhere like whenever he's monologuing after that and uh, it's like i've seen anger like that before i'm that angry it was just like really that's that's where we're going in someone's so, face okay all right that's yeah. a monkey that's a monkey dude you were not as angry as that fucking monkey was that monkey's I... eyes were bulging out of its skull fuck you I... <laughs> you are not that Actually... angry brad pitt to, to kind of speak to hi this is peter i'm back <laughs> no, um, to, to, to kind of, yeah I, i'm not just kind of like working and doing this at the same time because yay that's my life um to kind of speak to that um i kind of th- I, I, I kind of took that into my own personal reading of the, of this film i for, for, for me for me it was less about kind of daddy issues that 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 that, that, that i that i am seeing I, maybe not most, but a lot of people interpret this as, and I saw it as I saw, I saw it as I saw the movie as, at least for Brad Pitt's character, um, kind of an ex, an exploration on depression. Mm. Because yeah. because like because like this guy's dad was gone for like thirty years, and he and this and this is and this is a man who like 
who was like who was like i'm going to take you with me to like to, to, to like do all this stuff and 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 take and, ta and take her in your career and there and, and there was so much and 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 many times throughout the film it's brought up how how, how this guy's heart rate doesn't go above 80 so he's always like very calm for whatever reason and it's like well why and 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 then we get to the point in the film where where, where they're trying to get him to um to make to, to make a recording to send to to like laser beam to his dad and it wasn't until, and it wasn't until he like stopped reading from the script and was like i want to see you again and and how like like i i i, I interpreted it as depression because because it's this one man in just like this vast expanse of space trying to just get to one person who he misses and who he loves but he but i feel that he never like really expressed that and and you and and, and i and i could kind of see it throughout the film where 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 with, where with uh, Liv Tyler's character and, and, and any time he was with her in the same room making like a scene like for a flashback he was very he was very unresponsive for her when um in, in the in the in the beginning of the film in the, in the beginning of the film when it's like when it's like this is crazy shit happening around you and you are handling this with the utmost uncanny scary calmness like like just like way too chill for your own damn good why i i and, uh it's I, I that's I so that, that's why I kind of saw it as depression. It's like it's like why it's like why do you want to get to this point to see your dad again? I will say it's a note. Uh, I think the mentioning the heart rate thing mm -hmm. is kind of a tie back into astronauts where they talk about their training is so rigorous. Uh, fair, yeah. That astronaut like there's this whole thing. I think I I forget where it is where they like during the Apollo 13 like when literally the ship exploded and flew off into space and they went mm. on a crazy ass ride or like their heart rate never got above like 80 oh, yeah, beats. Right, yeah. yeah, there's like, there was something that's that's like a that's like a thing I've heard before in like the National Aeronautics Space Museum. So I like how they're taking like a fact about astronauts and recontextualizing it into his emotional emotional <laughs> his lack of emotionality like right, just it, it, it. Right. It's another way where you feel like this movie might be like a, maybe not on purpose or not, but feels like it's some way of a critique of other these space movies that come before it, where like it's got a bit of like critique of the Martian, and this is very much a critique of gravity, and that like a thing I heard people complain about gravity. I don't mind because I think it was trying to tell a specific kind of story, but it was that Sandra Bullock was way too emotional for being an astronaut in space. Like yeah. you don't go to be an astronaut in space if you've got like issues with your dead kid and like you can't yeah. function because yeah, of don't. that, you know, they, they ground your ass. <laughs> so like, well, there is something like, about like, they did, they did let the lady with the death. diaper go cross country and nearly kill her, kill somebody else. Right, and there's going to be a movie about like that, that too. Yeah. yeah. Oh my fucking god! I forgot about that. I just brought it up. I forgot there's gonna be Ooh, a right. whole fucking movie about all right. that. All right. Yes. Context. Love it. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about mental health. Uh, yeah. in space. Yeah. <laughs> right. And it, it does question: Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I think it's interesting. Like he does like fall at the beginning, and he's like, uh, "I'm control. I'm falling uh, to my death." And you're like, "You wanna? <laughs> you worried there, buddy?" <laughs> like, I okay, think. Okay. Yeah. I think what it's doing is it is using, like we were saying, like that factoid of what we know about other space movies and how space travel is conducted and, and patching it into the like con confrontation of the father and like interpretations of masculinity theme where it is assumed that the value of... Ice um, water in your veins. Yeah, yeah, that the masculine value of of like quashing any emotionality and like a positive psych result being stoicism is 
um, like what is valuable in in that setting and the superiority mm-hmm. yeah. of, of passivity. Uh, it's that, also that, one of yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. It I'm also reminds me of like today. it also reminds me of like psychopaths in that in that element to where what is the frontier of mental health like from a sci-fi perspective as we get more and more better understanding of what a quote-unquote mentally healthy person is and establishing like a baseline for that that's kind of what the heart the heart rate number stands in on it stands in for is putting a number on like a mental health thing like they do in psychopaths for me a little bit which is just another like cynical look at the future possibly i I, I want to say nothing uh about the details and with that mental health element um I love the the what they call them calm rooms or like they oh, had a specific term oh, yeah. for it. Um, yeah, the comfort rooms. rooms. I felt comfort. felt comfort about yeah. as uncomforted as physically oh, it's was so possible. great because like it's 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 just a good visual metaphor because like you just get to have great little visuals as people talk. You get like these great little changing backgrounds that are very uh, interesting. But what I loved about it is that you can see the ripples of the wall as it's peeling, like it's old and like it has not been done well and like especially in IMAX you can see this really well and I just love that element of like their idea of comfort is not like updated you know it's, it's a very much again like a good metaphor for like how you treat mental illness in, in some of these professions which is yeah. like well we have a room you know but right. the room yeah. is peels peeling walls and it's probably the same fucking video he's seen for 25 years and it's like hasn't changed at all and you could just kind of feel how like outdated and like well you go sit in the happy room and then you're happy again and then you can do the job when your heart rate is down like in a very scientific cold not actually analyzing the kind of raw emotionalness of it all um and that you have to get over your dad issues by throwing your dad into Neptune. This is what we all know. This is what we all know. This is what, this is what therapy will tell you over and over again. It's very expensive. Oh, but it works. But yeah, no, that, 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 <laughs> toss that asshole into a gas yeah, giant. That, that's, that's Do it. Of, you need to let saw, go. That's, that's kind of where I saw this, at least his journey as a, as a, as a exploration of depression because, because it's like, because I, I think at one point in the film, like kind of his monologue, he was like, why am I out here? And, and, and it's like, and it's like, well, because underneath all of this, 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 this journey is kind of your, is like your personal version of, of, of antidepressants and, and like, and you, and you kind of, and you, I, 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 I realized that I'm like, that I'm like sugarcoating over a lot of stuff and I'm like gleam, glossing over a lot of stuff because, because I, to be perfectly honest, have like, I do not have the best understanding of depression. So I'm going off just of what I know. So I apologize to anyone listening to this who is, who's absolutely dealing with depression. I am sorry. to keep me, please. Um, but uh, but so you should listen to Animania and listen to me speak Japanese. It's oh hilarious. God. That's probably much worse than whatever you're doing here, sir. Trust me. Um, but, but it's like, but it's like you know, at the at the at the end at the end of the film, it's like it's like yeah, sure. His dad like got all the research of there's nothing else out there. But what he but but and it's like it's like yeah, work on human interaction. But so with him, it's like well, okay, try to at least from what we at least from what we can gather what we can guess it's like okay try to rebuild the try to rebuild your your relationship with with your wife or, or with your with your wife try to maybe be more emotional and not be so stoic and dead and just and and learn and learn to live now in the present at least as best as best as you can just getting better each day Ugh. did we lose trevor nope i'm here just ah, being respectful awesome. just <laughs> Sorry, it wasn't a dig or anything. 
Real quick, like one thing I just wanted to mention across off my list is: uh, did anybody make the connection that there are two, like Donald Sutherland and Tommy Lee Jones characters have a past together working in space, and they were both in a movie called Space Cowboys. And at somebody at some point in this film, I don't think it's one of them. Somebody says, "Yep, it's just like the Wild West out there," and I'm just like, "Great, great, all all great." Yes, James Gray, deep cut space cowboys. He's Dude, number one space I love cowboys. I've, I've seen I Space Cowboys like ten times. That was a my dad favorite movie. Oh, it's a he, great dad movie. Yeah. Ultimate dad movie. As, especially with a dad who was an Air Force major and, and like the Air Force, it was like a big like, yeah, all the cool guys in the Air Force go become space cowboys. just oh, it's not I mean it's like four out. dad actors going into space. It's like, oh my god. <laughs> and making and making mask like masculine brusque dad jokes. And then and then and then Tommy Lee Jones destroys a bunch of nukes from his era of the Cold War. Well, well, we found what space movie this is the opposite of. It's I, I, Interstellar. Well, <laughs> I will say, I, I was like, I was expecting to go hard into First Man and Interstellar, and you guys have like pulled up every other space movie. I feel like, I feel like I said those two things at the beginning, and you guys have made it a fucking challenge to pull up a space movie that's totally unrelated, but somehow it is. So I applaud all of you. Slow clap, slow clap. That's Woo. perfect. All right, let's go ahead and put some scores on this bad boy. So, uh, yeah, who wants to take that plunge first? <laughs> uh, I'll take it. Uh, Good time. I will give this movie an 8 out of 10. I, it was, this was one of the, one, like, because I, this, this, this is not a movie that I will normally see because I don't necessarily gravitate towards dramas that often. Um, much, much less, much less space dramas. I, I think anyone who knows me can tell I'm much more of a superhero, uh, science, superhero science fiction action, action kind of guy, rather than, rather, rather than deep, 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 uh, excessive, deep, uh, reaches of space and darkness and blackness and just like basic, basically bones from 2009 Star Trek. Um, uh, but I really, but I really liked this film. I, I, I liked how I liked the. I, I thought all the performances were honestly just great, and and, and obviously Brad Pitt and Tom, and Tom Lee Jones. Tom Lee Jones. I thought I thought I thought that they were both fantastic. Um, I there like like it was brought up. There were some beautiful shots in this film that were just really cool to see, and I'm and and I'm very happy that i that, that that i saw that i saw this in imax just to get like that massive screen of just here's neptune and its ring and this small little speck is a space station that is fucking up earth <laughs> plot twit that fucking earth there you go um i i, I actually you, you all, um when i was like doing my thing um you, you you all brought you all brought up the uh the the the, the gunfight on the moon i actually really i really like that because because they took out all of the sound since it's in space so 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 when so when so when like the when the, when the captain guy got shot in the face it's kind of abrupt because all of a sudden it's like well his face is just gone now um so so it made so at least for me it made it that much more visceral and like and, and, and that, that much more visceral and chaotic because because there was there there seemed there was more of a the 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 lack the lack the lack of the lack the lack of I guess kind of kinetic dynamism made it more kinetic made it more kinetically dynamic to me. It was it was just it was just a cool thing to see. But yeah, this movie was great, and it was it, it's I I just think it's really cool. Like it it's not getting good reviews from audiences, 
because it's a because it's a slow <laughs> burn. But please, oh my god, please go see this movie, especially in IMAX. It's totally worth it. Yeah. Uh, and next up, just randomly selected between the two, any mini mighty mo Trevor. Yeah. Um, I like this movie a lot. Um, you know, it really got me. I think I'm struggling with saying that not every movie that makes me cry is automatically a nine out of 10, uh, per se. Um, but, um, yeah, uh, something I've been working on here is just like the narration element of it is like, yeah. in, in the whole, it gets me, but there, there are times when it's like, kind of like that Robert McKee thing from adaptation god help you if you use narration in your work like it's kind of on the um god i shouldn't make this a scale but like the dexter to blade runner theatrical cut scale i haven't seen that so i probably shouldn't say that of like sometimes i just want brad pitt to shut up and stop telling me what the movie's about like i got it you know i think it's helping it up a little bit too much and i think that's part of just from a writing perspective maybe part of this director's style is he gives you the subtext like he just hands it to you and i'm I'm fine with that because so much of the rest of the film is beautiful and competent in a way that I struggle to comprehend. I especially appreciate that this um, the same director did um, like this is kind of makes a good companion piece to his last movie, Lost City of Z, and that like in that movie a uh, father and son unite and leave their family and homeland to seek out the sublime and. And this one, a uh, son who has been abandoned by his father in pursuit of the sublime uh, has to reckon with it and deal with it and kind of reject the sublime. Whereas in City of Z, it's like a, uh, they arguably die for it and it is ambiguously a good thing. I just, I love that, that uh, this makes such a companion piece to that and that the same director, writer has made two such different takes on very similar themes i really appreciate that um i think it's a tough watch it's a tough recommendation arguably um but it's still probably going to be one of my favorite movies of the year i think i'm at a 8.5 so there you go yeah okay uh next up is ben all right so i gotta finish uh a very important one too all right uh how many this is a question for you guys. Trivia question. How many of the Ocean's Eleven cast have appeared in space movies? All of them. <laughs> would not be surprised. <laughs> I, I just would I would not be surprised. Well, seeing as how Shabo Quinn, the, the, the contortionist, his only appearances are Ocean's Eleven's movies, uh, you're already wrong. Uh, it's actually five. George Clooney, Brad Pitt, Elliot Gould, uh, Matt Damon and Don Cheadle. I just appreciate because Brad Pitt now is in a space movie. So I was just thinking about that the other day. I was like, well, we got Damon, we got Pitt, and we got Clooney all in space. That's good. I'm glad we got the main Oceans guys in space. They should all be in space. Everyone should be in space. That's my point of this movie. <laughs> Wait, Bernie Bernie Mac didn't make space? He never made space, as far as I can tell. He sh- Bernie Mac would have been in a comedic space movie if he was still alive today. Yeah, he would have been. He, he would have been, been like Bernie Mac would have been like, how did I get in space? And it'd be very Bur- Bernie. He'd have been Space Cowboys reboot. Space Cowboys two definitely would have had Bernie Mac. <laughs> Bernie, 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 Bernie Mac would have Bernie Mac would have been in the spacefaring sequel to Soul Plane. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Soul Ship. Oh, so, oh, oh, that's You're that's welcome. too good. You're welcome. That's, that's too good. It's pretty good. It's <laughs> too good. Somebody cut off the feed before we lose all the yeah. money. <laughs> we gotta make it now. Um, uh, I yeah, I, I dug this movie quite 
quite a bit. I think the problem with my rating is that I you can't trust my rating right now because I need to see it one more time. It's just one of those movies. There's, there's certain movies you watch and you go, hmm. and you yeah. sit on it. I need to watch it again. I need to come back to it because because it could go up or down. I don't know, but I just I kind of need to see it one more time now that I know the the plot. You know, once you get past the plot, and you can just appreciate the the structural elements. Um, it, it's it's I think a little bit easier to kind of for me at least judge exactly where i land on it um but as of right now i'm going to give it an 8.5 uh it's very impressive the visual effects are are truly incredible and and the details like i said those little those little elements like the way the ships are built the way the comfort room is like just little shots of he, he just had a very good pace to the movie um in particular the sequence where he is alone and kind of losing his mind was really excellent it was not overdone it had great just little like twitches here or there um the the way just narration plays and pays off at the end i think is very subtle and just excellent i think there's just these little wonderful little details in james gray movies that are just ah <laughs> it's like his final shot in the immigrant is a perfect example of that where you're like oh but the mirror and the, and the window oh oh my god <laughs> it's like they, they aren't as bombastic i guess in a sense but if you kind of let them wash over you and pay attention. They just they they, they work really well. Uh, it's kind of he has a weird magic that it's hard to describe for me. Um, even though I don't think he's like a perfect filmmaker, and, and all of his films are kind of flawed in some way. I think I just think Lost City is just so so interesting. It overcomes those flaws, but uh, uh, it, it's a magical film. I think definitely try to see it now while you can. Like that's my biggest recommendation is go see it in IMAX. Just watch this movie. At the very least you're going to get a visual treat and you're going to get something to, to, to think about and wash over. Um, and and like Joker's coming out next weekend and we'll probably take all the IMAX screens so you, you got a limited time. Yeah, very <laughs> Go watch true. it. Or two that weeks from true. now. So, Shit, so watch God it. for Joker. <laughs> watch it quick. The Joker looks solid. It looks it looks like a well. I mean, in terms of visually, I'm, it sure, looks solid. I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it's fine. But there's nothing about Joker that says IMAX. Right. Nothing. I saw the IMAX trailer. I'm like, sure. Yeah, I don't need to see that. <laughs> sure. <though>. It's fine. <laughs> um, it's really only an IMAX because Christopher Nolan was known for IMAX. Yeah. It's sure. And, and it's a big. It's going to make ninety million dollars. So you got to put the expensive movie in IMAX. I, I get why they're doing it. It's fine. Yeah. Um, th- th- this is just like a very splendid to watch movie and just. Uh, Oh, and the other thing I mentioned is Max Richter does the score. Max Richter is one of my all-time favorite composers. He did the score for The Leftovers. Beautiful, like the ultimate kind of space guy because he's just like haunting and and and, and moody and beautiful. Oh, yeah. And he's just quite perfect for this kind of this kind of film. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually I'm actually really glad you brought that up because um because while I didn't like consciously think of the of the music, I, I really liked it. So I, I I feel like I need to look up the score if if it's possible for me to find it now. Yeah, I think it's probably on Spotify or something. Um, so yeah, I, I think what the only thing keep me at bay is that the story is very simplistic, and it is one of the things of like, is that a problem or not? And I'm not sure. And and also, I think there are just maybe one or two scenes that go on too long, or just a little. I don't know. There's something about it that didn't quite work for me. Again, it's something maybe once I get over the pace and know the pace, I can appreciate it more. Or it is just a, a pacing issue. I'll have to. Determined, but for now that's where I land. Eight point five. It's an excellent movie. At the very least, go go see it because this could be one of your favorite movies of the year if you see it in IMAX. Like you don't want to let that 
pass you by for and it's, on it's, that note i'm taking over because fair enough uh i give it a nine out of ten right. and wow. i think that i i may i may have just i think i spent 90 percent of this podcast arguing about christopher nolan for some fucking reason <laughs> uh, sorry i, I, I this is a long ass day i woke up at 4 30 anyways but the, po- the point is uh yeah, I think I think one of these things is that uh, I already have this movie earmarked for getting it. I'm going to get this in 4K and I'm going to play it on Blu-ray and uh, I'm going to sit down and experience it again and see how it is. I, I agree with Ben on this notion that like this is a very emotionally powerful movie for me and I think that I'm I'm very curious to see what the second viewing mm-hmm. is. Uh, I think the fact that multiple people have resonated and recurred with me in the same ways, but like I cried in this movie. I cried. I didn't cry like a little bit. I cried like hard like I, it was like a it was like but it was like a good solid wholesome like, cry like where fun. like you know yeah you know it, I, I think that's I think that's exactly the 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 experience that it took over with me is that I I personally experienced a large amount of catharsis before the end of this film and I think that that's I think that's the other thing too I think it's simple I agree with Ben entirely I think that what I'm learning here is that maybe it's just because I'm a simple person I'm a simple farmer with a podcast but I <laughs> I like myself a, a well a very very well done simple movie and and I think that's the thing. I think the detail is on such a different level, but I think the story is simplistic and it's delivering on a powerful emotional level. You know, like there's like what what's that YouTube? Uh, you see that YouTube that commercial where the lady like gives like you know there's the soup commercial, like the Indonesian soup commercial where like a kid steals something and the guy gives him soup oh, yeah, and then he's a doctor. All, all, all those like yeah, it, they're crazy, but they're like five minute long commercials, <laughs> right? And they'll make you cry. And then it's yeah, like, it's for. It's for beans. You're like, what? Yeah, it's just like, like, and it's one of those things too. Where it's like, like I, the commercials taught me. I'll see that commercial. I don't. I like. I, I think the commercial is ridiculous. I'm not like. I'm like thinking commercial is absolutely ridiculous. But I'll see like the first five seconds of that commercial, and I'll like, okay. <laughs> like I feel like I have an emotional reaction to this movie. Where this movie like tricked me and got me so good on the first time. I suspect like I kind of I like watched a little bit of this trailer today just to see like look at some of the visuals, and I kind of got like. <sighs> kind of like some of that like doing Lamaze like getting ready to cry a little bit if I watch too much of it so I think I think I had a really good experience I think like human connection and overcoming people is just like a really good moral theme and I think that I think also too it's like I've been begging the last few years and maybe this is because I'm I'm giving us a nine because I've been prepped for the space movie that actually delivered on like a moral crushing thing where I, I like I went into that movie and I felt like I was I could have a good cry. The fact that I I, I do feel like Interstellar and First Man, which are the two movies I wanted to reference here, failed in delivering that. And I think that this is the one that does, and it does it very very good. And I think that that's the thing is like I've never seen The Immigrants, so I can't speak to that, but I, I have seen The Lost City of Z, and I still. I just way prefer this movie to the lost city of Z. I'm sorry. I just, I just like, Oh, everything about this. This is just so much more up my alley personally. And I think that, uh, yeah, that's a nine for me. It's our cool big old nine. Mm. Nice. I'm just, I'm kind of crying. Think about it. It's <laughs> a little hard. Whew. Yeah, it's good. good. Yeah, it's good. I'm going to go, I'm going to go buy this movie and then I'm just going to be able to like have catharsis anytime I want it. Hell it's yeah. like, it's like playing Journey all over again, you know? Or padding into there. 
I I think I think that's kind of I'm not I'm, I don't want to say that I'm enjoying Ad Astra the same way, but a little bit, yeah, you know, sure, sure. whatever gets yeah. you there, man. That's it's it's, it's yeah, it's, it's it surprises me like what I actually get. This is not my movie. This is not like the movie that I would have been like if you'd have given if you'd be like, oh yeah, this I, depressing space movie. I'd be like, no, there's no fucking way. I just had that with fucking the one Miyazaki movie I never watched was just Poco Rosso. And I'm fucking crying about the pig flying movie, and I'm like, but Jesus that's, Christ! That's, oh, my that's me and Trevor's. Yeah, it's me and Trevor's favorite. Trevor showed so that to me good. the first time, and Trevor and me, I lost my fucking mind in college. Trevor showing me Porco Rosso. It's so <sighs> good, guys. I love that. You skip Porco Rosso, you're missing out. Everybody does too. Everybody does because he's dismissive about it. He's dismissive about it. He's like, I did it for an airline. Because it's, it's about like, him. Like, it's, it yeah, is, so I just it want is. you to know. <laughs> yeah, it's totally about him and his own ego, and it's awesome. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I think it, I think it's because I think it's because he forgives himself in the end, and he didn't forgive himself in real life. Oh, <laughs> I, think that, I think that's what oh, it comes gosh. down to. Like essentially. All right, let's done. This is this this is not this is not the Miyazaki. Theory hey, it's hour. relevant. It's also a movie that deconstructs masculinity. So. Well, we didn't really we didn't really stay relevant on track today. <laughs> oh, we relevancy I was tried. broad this time around. No, well, it was this. This was my fault. This was my fault. I also I, brought I, up Space Cowboys, so it's not entirely your fault. Okay, New it's, pitch, Go, it's Goro Miyazaki traveling through space to find his dad. <laughs> I, uh, I never loved you. <laughs> I never loved you. Earthsea was terrible. Earth Dude, it was bad. an honest film. It was honestly bad. Remember when Goro disappointed his dad so much he made another movie that was just like, look, dad, it's about your life. Remember? <laughs> Some dark shit in that family. <laughs> I do like up on Poppy Elbow. Yeah, I do too. Uh, he didn't do okay. he didn't do Grave of the Fireflies, did he? No, no that's, dude, that's, that's the other guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah, proto Ghibli's yeah, yeah. Takahata. Ooh, all right. From everyone here at the Movie Gang podcast, about crying. <laughs> I, was, I was about to say, let's, let's just go destroy everybody. Um, yeah, this has been uh, Peter Dancy. Work hard, play hard. <laughs> working. I just you're doing both at the same time. You, you son of a bitch, are. <laughs> Jack. Jack, are you too right. emotionally distraught to figure our scores? Or were we going to? Oh it? yeah, it's eight point oh, yes. five. It's eight point five total. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I did the math already. I actually, I'm I'm on the ball here. Yeah, it's eight point five, eight point five, eight and nine, and you even evenly out to an eight point five. Nice. We give. Uh, we give. <laughs> yeah, I'm out of it. We give uh, Ad Astra. Uh, an 8.5 out of 10. That is a high-ass recommendation from this podcast. We do not break... S- I, I've actually been going over our historic data. We don't break 7 that often unless there's oh, like two people on I thought you were about to say it. we don't break 8 very often. That was going to be our new catchphrase. Don't break 8? <laughs> Did I, I'm, I'm confused as to how that's cooler, but whatever. I'm, 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 it rhymes. This. That you're oh, right. It, uh, the number is actually probably more accurate. That's I fine. was doing we can the say break eight. It's fine. It's Numbers fine. don't matter. <laughs> we live with a Trump president. I don't know why I did that. Uh, ben Howarth is also on this podcast. Ben. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, as always, looking forward to Joker. Not looking forward to the discussions of Joker that will follow no, the, no. the tsunamis of think pieces. No one is looking forward to. Yeah, when there's actually like a really good movie to have a nice think piece about, like just fuck you, go. <laughs> yeah, this is this is a better think piece movie, and I did in fact find an article that did say is is Ad Astra a secret space cowboy oh sequel. 
So we're not the first. I'm glad people <laughs> didn't are take out you there. very long. Tommy, Tommy Lee Jones, he's got the nuclear weapons at the end. That would have been the best thing if they that had find, happened. Uh, I forget which one died on the moon. They gotta go find that guy. <laughs> you know? It was Tommy Lee Jones. It was Tommy That's Lee right. Jones died on the moon. Jones. Okay, yeah. yeah. So yeah. he just he just kept going with his rockets. That's exactly what going. happened. <laughs> he left he a, kept... a fake suit. <laughs> it was <rude. laughs> uh, This has also been Trevor Flynn. <laughs> Bye, everybody. I've been your host, Jack Newman. From everyone here at the Movie Gang Podcast, thank you for listening. Uh, also, head on over to the Tuscan Shed Media Network. This is TuscanShed.com, where you can see all of our podcasts, including the pen and paper pod. Uh, you can see some of our old content, such as, I don't know, I don't want to call it old content. It's not that old. It's like a feast for bros, but you can see our Game of Thrones. Listen to, you can also see uh, our uh, Geek Space 9. You can see uh, Live Long and Discover. <laughs> you can see some other content over there, including Animania, including pen and paper pod you can go check out all of those other things also if you don't mind head on over to apple itunes and give us a five-star review if you want to actually give us actual feedback just you know go to twitter and facebook and give us feedback apple itunes isn't really made for feedback it's made for giving people five stars as they go up the charts so just go ahead and do that yep. and give us actual feedback if you actually send if you actually leave me a note on facebook i will respond to it uh both good and bad because i'm that kind of internet troll uh go and check that out also uh once again Again, this has been Peter, Ben, and Trevor, and I'm your host, Jack. And for one last time from all of us, thank you for listening. I'm so tired. I gotta go to bed, guys. <laughs> uh, the iTunes so- spiel gets better every time. I love it.